25th episode of the Promo Guy podcast brought to you by Mojo, the stock market for sports. Mojo is the sports stock market offering probability-based odds, live cash outs, and a -a one-of-a-kind player prop selection. And now, the creators of Sunday Slams are bringing you an all-new way to play DFS. Sign up using code TPG for a 100% deposit match up to $100. All right. As always, I am joined by Nick from Blue Duck Media. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been an interesting week over here, um, I'm sure for you as well. And um, I, I mean, I've been sick. You've been traveling. The world seems to be a crazy place right now. Um, how are you? Yeah, it's been it's been a really hard week, to be honest with you, just, you know, with everything going on there and having a lot of family uh, in Israel. But, um, you know, it's nice to have this as sort of like an escape from that. Like, like you said, I was traveling and stuff. Um, I guess I'll do really quick, just sort of people asking my thoughts on the Israel situation very quickly. Uh, I think it's extraordinarily sad on both sides. A lot of innocent people uh, will be and have been lost. And that, you know, Hamas, who is funded by Iran, uh, is, you know, not looking, you know, this isn't some liberation of the people of Gaza and whatever you think of that situation. This isn't that. This is people who want to kill Jews, want to kill Israelis, and they know it's going to end up being pretty brutal um, for their own people, but they don't care. They are, um, they're out for blood, and, and that's what they have gotten, and, and it's really sad, again, for the people on both sides that are both the victims of Hamas, you know, who, again, is, is funded by Iran. Yeah, I mean, no, no, uh, no disagreement there. It, it's a terrible, terribly sad situation. Uh, the loss of life on both sides is sad. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to get too political or share too much here. But um, I, I guess let's keep it moving. It's a t- it's a weird uh, transition. Yeah, it's a weird transition to stay the stack, but uh, you know our, our hearts go out to everybody there. Yeah, agreed. Okay, TPG update. Twitter account's been good. I've I've moved to the I guess the big updates. I moved to the notes every day. Honestly, it's just really hard for me to go back at the end of the month and like calculate everything. I will do that. I haven't finished August to be honest with you. I think we were up about like six hundred there and down about fifty dollars. Just like looking at picket down about fifty dollars in September, up about six hundred. August and I'm like it's just easier if I do this every day it adds transparency to the process and it really just helps people like oh we have all these bets not sure how we did I'm not gonna like we've we've got we've added so much volume that like I feel weird banging every single win but that's honestly the best way for me to go back at the end of the month and see what won so I've been loving doing the notes again it's something I used to do but, you know, when I had a full-time job, I had to stop doing that at some point. Uh, so we're back to the notes. The notes say that since the last up, you're up about $230. So that's a pretty successful, you know, eight or nine days of the Twitter account. The Discord has done very well, like kind of exceptionally well. Um, officials, like the SGP officials have done extraordinarily well. Um, MGM, I say this every week, but I mean, literally just yesterday, MGM hit plus 430 and plus 600 and we had like three MGM bets and like two of them hit for that. Uh, it's been, it, you know, the, the incredible run there has continued. Barstool is up small in the week because we had the plus 400 hit and I think we've, we've lost a few uh, to offset that. And prize picks guy back to his hugely winning ways up like six units, which is really great on the zero to one unit scale. So everything's very positive on the betting side of things. 
Uh, it's been a really strong stretch, but I would say especially uh, October so far. It's a few people have deemed it hot-tober, um, so all good things there. Love that. Sounds like a strong month as, as per usual. I would transition us to the gambling landscape update, but I think we're skipping that today. So I guess we get to go right to grinds my gears. Um, we'll keep it away from anything political grinding our gears. <laughs> yeah, I think I think grind my gears would be a little light for that. Um, but you know what does grind my gears, Nick? What really grinds my gears? Tell me. You know what really grinds my gears? It is college and NFL football programs that invest tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars into their organizations that have fans across the world, viewers on ESPN, millions of viewers, all this stuff, who can't do something that like an eight-year-old kid in Madden can do. And what I'm referring to is Mario Cristobal refusing to, or forgetting to, we don't know exactly what happened. He had an opportunity for Miami to win a game in which they had five turnovers. They had five times the amount of yardage to sneak out with a three-point win, 35 seconds. Well, really, you could go back to the first down because he had three opportunities to do it. But the simplest math to explain is there were 35 seconds left. It's third down. And if you kneel, Georgia Tech has zero timeouts. Miami wins. There is a 0% chance they lose. I've never seen a team lose while they're kneeling. Maybe you botch a snap or something. But let's, let's call it 0%. I've, I've literally never seen it happen. Instead of kneeling, they choose to run the ball. Uh, the running back... Fumbles, although it kind of looked like he didn't, but that's not really important. Uh, fumbles the ball, and with 20-something seconds, Georgia Tech throws a touchdown, you know, some kind of prayer touchdown, uh, and win on a walk-off. And it just, like, Mario Cristobal is getting paid $8.5 million this year. He has a football team that should absolutely be 5-0. and If it weren't for his, again, I'm going to assume he didn't realize that they could, you know, although I don't know how nobody whispered in his ear, like, why don't you just have somebody who's good at this stuff, making very little money, just up in the press box in his ear saying, hey, this is when you should call timeout. Hey, you should probably go for two. Hey, you can kneel the ball and win. Let's go home. Uh, So that really grinded my gears because it's so amateur. It's so stupid. And, you know, you feel bad for the people in the locker room. Uh, You saw, like, on the ESPN, like, one of the, the players saying, like, what the hell are we doing? And you feel for him because he was sweaty as hell. He looked bloodied up. You know, it's like an offensive lineman. He's just like, what are we doing? And that football team should be 5-0. and oh, and Instead, they're 4-1, which is a huge deal in college football. A huge difference. The conference loss. And it sucks because they won. Uh, so, that, so, you know, you feel bad for them. I mean, you feel bad for him, but like, woof. Yeah, you, you have to feel terrible for the offensive players like that don't get to make the play call. I mean, the defense had a chance to shut it, to seal the game. And after holding them to not many points for most of the game, let up one of the more ridiculous. I think, I think they only let up. I mean, Miami had like five turnovers and they, other than like the last, you know, gas play. Because there was a pick six at some point. So they barely let up anything. And then to let them just storm down the field, like, yes, I guess Miami lost the game. The players did end up losing the game. It just, it's got to be a horrible feeling where you had it in your hands. Luckily, I would, I will say the only thing, the only silver lining for Miami, I guess, is that so many, because the committee is, if they go, 
undefeated. I know. I was actually thinking about that. Like if they if they, if they are or even let's let's say you're comparing like ten and two Miami to ten and two, you know whatever. I, I was gonna say Texas A&M. But you can't say Texas A&M. Let's say Alabama. But like Alabama is such a big program. You kind of have to treat them as a ten and a half and one and a half win team. Like this is half a win. <laughs> like like is the committee just gonna say the tiebreaker goes to the team that like is really eleven and one or. I mean, I, I don't think that they should do that. I think that Miami should be properly punished. It is their fault that their coach is a moron. I, sorry, I shouldn't say he's a moron. Behaved moronically. Be, behaved moronically. I don't want to, I don't want to you know, say in all phases of life or anything. And, that their coach is, is prone to moronic decisions. But is this the worst loss ever for any like major football team, college or NFL? Apparently this happened to the Giants or something in 1976. Where they could have kneeled and instead they lost. Like, I, I, I can't remember a time in my life I've seen a worse loss. Maybe that's recency bias, but yeah. does anything come to mind for you? No, no. I can't think of a time where a team fully had a game like this. I remember Especially as huge favorites. I, I wanna say like ten years ago, I did see I did see Philip Rivers fumble a kneel. And let the other team back in, but I think the Chargers ended up winning that game. Did you see? I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback lose possession on a kneel, and I'm kind of surprised because you know it's a snap like every other play. But I don't think I've ever seen it. It's, it's interesting you say that, that maybe that happened that, to Philip Rivers. I mean, they still won, two, right? Like, yeah, in two thousand in two thousand, I just gave it a quick Google. Philip Rivers in Week Eight in two thousand eleven fumbled a snap to lose to Kansas City when he was it was a kneel down snap and they lost and they lost wow I I think there you that have it. is that has to be the worst one I've ever seen and that I think of that every time I stand corrected so we have two unequal footage yeah I'm, I'm watching it, it wasn't to win the game actually it was to go to. Overtime. It was tied twenty twenty. I'm watching the highlight right now. <laughs> oh, they, they were There's trying, a minute they were left to on their own. A minute left. Their own twenty yard line tie game. They were just trying to kneel it out, get to overtime. Oh. And he fumbled the snap. They had the ball in the twenty, kicked a field goal, and won the game. I so this has to be worse, right? Because that the Chargers were still fifty fifty to win, but that's pretty bad. Yeah. At least the player did it. I don't know. I guess my thought, especially with, like, college kids, it's like, you know, do you blame the safety for taking a bad route on the Hail Mary? Do you blame the running back for fumbling? Although, it looked pretty clear he didn't fumble. But, again, it doesn't really matter. Like, do you, do you blame the quarterback who threw three picks in the game? You know, because they were 19-point favorites. And, again, I, I looked, somebody had a tweet about the yardage, and it was, it was insane. Like, it was 5-1, to one, something like that. Uh, yeah, you could, but why am I going to blame 19, 20-year-olds when I could blame the $8.5 million coach who all those things happened and Miami still just wins if he makes again. Like, when I was six years old, I would have been, you know, playing Madden. I, I mean, I, I don't kneel playing Madden, but, like, I would know I could kneel. Um, so it's pretty brutal. Not to mention they did it three snaps. Like, the offensive coordinator could have said something or done something. The quarterback could have been like, hey, why aren't we kneeling? Or just, he could have just gone down. Um, not to mention the, I mean, like, there's just so much that could have happened. The fact that it happened three snaps in a row is just the ultimate, whatever, grinds my gears. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see, I don't know if we'll, when the next time in our lives we'll see anything like this, but 
I hope coaches start. You know, like Nathaniel Hackett had a guy who would call his, who would help him with like some of the analytical stuff, like up in the booth. Because these guys are human beings, and they're not. He didn't get hired because of his ability to call timeouts or his ability to know when to kneel. He got hired because he was a good offensive line coach, because he recruits well, like stuff like that. So let him do that, and have someone helping him with the other coaching thing. Uh, and I hope programs and NFL too just start to move towards this because I can't stand watching these, you know, coaches with these massive contracts on the biggest stages in the world just blowing it like this. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Well, let's keep it moving. We've got our big thought today, and I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. You said you were going to use your standard deviation way of calculating things. Uh, excited for you to break it down for us. Uh, give me what you got. Yeah, I don't remember if we if I did this on the spaces. I mean, I've definitely like written like I think it was before my action days. So I, I definitely wrote like when I first started doing it. Well, I guess I've always been doing it, but like when I first started explaining it, like the the I wrote like a big thing on Twitter. Uh, I think a lot of people still haven't seen it, especially newer followers. So it's kind of like a good refresher for those who have. Um, basically, so yesterday there was a FanDuel boost for Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson each to throw for 200 plus passing yards. Um, it was boosted to plus 100 and I had it lower, I think, than I saw a few other, or I don't know, uh, there were a few other, you know, EV people, I guess that had it higher, like nine, ten percent I had it like three or 4%. Um, and I got a few replies asking like, how do you do this? Like it's minus one seventy five on DraftKings or whatever it was. Um, it looked good to Bet Rivers. Like why are you different? And basically, those are one way alts, like what DraftKings has, what FanDuel has. And for me, the biggest thing for me as promo guy is how do I figure out what should be the fair line, right? And if I'm going, the last thing I'm ever going to do, or you're ever going to hear me do, is say. Well, FanDuel has it minus 200, and I'm going to assume that they have 8% VIG. Because I've seen them have massive VIG, and I've seen the alts be good on their own. Like, that's not that's not a way to do it. I think it's a ridiculous way to do it. Because how do you know they have 8%? Uh, sometimes their alts are good. Sometimes they're horrific. We've seen examples. We've done defend that line segments of horrific alts. So how do you figure out what the alt should be? So for passing yards... Um, I actually like explaining this to the NBA for whatever reason a lot more. But we'll do it with the NFL because that's the, the boost from yesterday. So Russell Wilson's over-under passing yards was about 216.5. I think FanDuel can be had at 217.5. DraftKings, Caesars, uh, etc. had him at 215.5. So call it 216.5. Quarterbacks. So like if you look at quarterbacks historically, uh, I think I used back from 2015... Quarterbacks that average, because you know it's hard to do the over under, so you kind of have to use the averages. That average around two hundred, you know, in the low two hundreds, like I'll use a bracket of like two hundred to two twenty nine, uh, passing yards, tend to have a standard deviation of I think it's like sixty five for their passing yards, and you could see that their performance generally, as it, most things in statistics, like they're more likely to end up near two fifteen, right? So. 210 is a lot more likely than 400 or 100 um, just because, you know, uh, the whole like Vegas knows things. It's really just a bell curve of, uh, you know, 215 and a half is the most likely outcome. So the way and then the distribution kind of moves out through there and you can use the standard deviation 
to sort of estimate, okay, what are the odds that they do get to 200 or 150 or 250, you know, whatever the boost is or whatever you're trying to calculate. So in this case, it was actually pretty close by. It was uh, 199 and a half. So I plug in the, the mean, the, you know, the expected 216 and a half, the standard deviation, I think it was 65. And I came out with 0 0.6055, which is basically like, or whatever it was, it was like minus 155. And by the way, that actually made a lot of sense relative to, I think Canby had minus 180 minus one, uh, at plus 130, but then I think they moved it up to like minus 195 plus 145. So minus 155 is what I have. That's generally in line. I think some of the one-way alts were like minus 195 on DraftKings, minus 200 on FanDuel. So, you know, whatever VIG that is, I have fair minus 155. And I think it made a lot of sense. Mahomes, it gets a little dicier because his, his passing yards were so high. I think that his number was 268 and a half. And I think that the standard deviation of a guy with that high of a passing average is a bit higher, you'd expect, just proportionally, right? I think his standard deviation I put in was like 77. And I ended up getting like minus 465, something like that for, for his fair. And the one way else were like minus 1400, you know, something like that, which is absurd. I mean, that's just the odds that he doesn't get hurt basically at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. But we've seen these guys stray from, the, from their average decently far. I think the lowest one way alt was minus 900. And so I was, I was a lot higher up on Mahomes or lower, whatever you want to say, on Mahomes. I mean, we literally saw Russell Wilson end up getting like less than half of his passing yards yesterday. So again, uh, I think that those one-way alts were ridiculous. And I think that, you know, maybe if you assume the VIG, that's that's sort of where the differential was. Are there books that offer two-way adjusted? Like if I wanted to take... They, they do for some alts, but Mahomes was too low. So like, so Camby had his uh, 224 and a half, if I remember right, it was like minus 400 and like plus 260 or something. And if you plug in my same mean and standard standard deviation, uh, I would have been at like minus 290 for that all. So I actually was making sense, even alongside Canby, up the curve there. Um, and there's just, it's not this, I just didn't have this drastic fall off from 72% to like 92% when you move 24 yards. I had it more just from 72% to like 82%. Um, so anyway, so you multiply the 82% number that I got from a homes or, you know, again, whatever it was, I'm just kind of remembering off the cuff. And then the, what did I say, minus 55, so like 61% from Russell Wilson, but their passing yards are positively correlated. That is true, like, on every book, if you look at the numbers, it's it's, it's absolutely true. So I, I add, you know, I... I what I do is you plug in the correlation. Um, so it was like plus 0.1 times square root, whatever. And I end up getting, uh, what, what was it? it was plus 100. So I end up getting like minus 108, I think was what I got. So I put it as kind of a, like a lower unit play. Uh, but that's basically how I do it. You know, I, I don't like trusting the one way alts. And by the way, this applies to basketball, like players that average 27 points. You have to, to plug in their standard deviations there too. Um, Basketball is a little different because they're pass they're like not their passing yards. Their over unders tend to like sway a little bit based off of who's who's playing, who they're playing against a little bit more, and maybe some of the football stuff. Uh, just because like 
Like when Kawhi's out, Paul George's average, averages are a lot higher. His over-unders are a lot higher. You get a lot more of that than you do in the NFL. Uh, but So you have to kind of adjust the historical standard deviations a little bit. But it's, it's all the same idea. Just figuring out, okay, the guy's expected to get 27.5 points. What are the odds he gets 24.5? Like what are the odds he ends up between 25 and 27? And we talked about this a little bit with the Christian McCaffrey boost the other day. Um, so it's all sort of that same idea of being able to project alt and not relying on, on sort of these one way markets that the books give that, you know, frankly are just all over the place and can be highly vigged or not highly vigged. And, and it just, you know, assuming some vig doesn't give an accurate picture. It's, it's, it's a, a very flimsy assumption. Is there a stat that you like to bet on in football the most with this type of thing with alt spreads? Like, do you find that right now you just talked about passing yards a bit, do you find that passing yards, quarterbacks tend to vary more from their average? Like you get Russ, I don't think Russell even had 100 passing yards last night. So if you could get an adjusted under somewhere in like the low hundreds, you'd probably get very plus money. Do you find something like passing yards being the thing where they stray most from their average? Or do you think maybe rushing, receiving, receptions? Yeah, I mean, so mo- most of these, yeah. I appreciate the question. Uh, so I think that most of the one-way alts tend to not be great. You know, they, they give themselves some cushion. I feel like the answer kind of has to be receiving yards. You had some decent alts. If you want, if you took Kelsey over 110 yards, you got a really nice number. He finished with 124, I believe. Um, and you have, like, the Tyreek Hills. You have the week when... Jamar Chase goes for 200 yards. Like every week you get a DJ Moore 200-yard game. It has to feel like every week you get two receivers who break 200 yards. If you're taking that alt over 200 yards and choose a couple receivers every week. I don't, I don't think they, they, they let you do 200 too often. But <laughs> uh, yeah, well, receivers are definitely more volatile than running backs at the same yardage. But I think the biggest one that I've noticed is sort of on Canby, they tend to be a little bit higher on like the like rushing yards. They'll they'll have like a minus three seventy five at plus two fifty, and that plus two fifty number for like the under alt tends to be pretty good. Uh, just because of how however the way they do it, I think I've noticed that that's sort of the biggest discrepancy. And FanDuel tends to agree with me. Like like they'll be minus three seventy five plus two fifty on Canby. And FanDuel will be like minus two fifty for that same, that same number. So I think that's sort of the biggest thing. Like alt rushing unders, um, on Canby tend to be decent, but I wouldn't say. I mean, again, most of these places just do like the one way stuff, so they don't tend to be all that great. FanDuel used to be pretty good for passing yard alts, uh, especially for like the lower yardage guys. Where like you know their over under was like one seventy five and a half, and they would do yeah. like, the two hundred plus was pretty good. I didn't bet it a ton, but I would just notice that when I was doing like my alt calcs, that I that Fanduel was putting extraordinarily low vig on some of that stuff, or even was through my number. But they've sort of nerfed that this year. It looks like just because when I calc it now, I, I don't notice that. So um, that's that. Those are just like little quirks that I've noticed, um, but it's nothing major to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay, well, good to know. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's go to break, and we'll be right back um, with our Mojo segment and a few other things. So, sounds good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. 
I'm in love with Mojo Fantasy. It's a crazy new app that turns sportsbook odds and selections into fantasy contests. Here's how it works. There are thousands of NFL and MLB player props. You build a portfolio, and the better your portfolio performs, the more cash you win. Pick as many props as you want and try and beat the crowd. Also, you can compare their lines to sportsbook lines to help yourself beat the crowd. Always EV bet. <laughs> anyway, it's that simple. Make picks, make moves, make money. Check it out on the App Store now. They're coming to more states and adding more sports soon. Welcome back. Hope I uh, cleared my voice up a little bit for you, TPG. Um, let's do a few of our uh, best and worst beats um, from this past week. I think we've got a few positive ones here for you. Um, what do you got for me? Yes. Uh, I'm going to do zero bad beats because honestly, all of our lot like, so like the, the numbers were whatever they were, whatever I said, like 225 or 40 or something. But like the losses were like, the Caesars Rays World Series future minus 50, which is like an outsized loss, but it wasn't like a bad beat or anything. The other ones were like just some of like the higher max, like the Caesars NHL was another minus 50. It was like under six and a half that hit, although there was kind of a good beat the Discord before that, but it died, which was the power play points between two of the guys and they one assisted the other. Anyway, so I'm going to do two good beats. The first good beat happened last Thursday, which was... Almost a horrific beat. It was our Caesars SGP. This was a $25 play to win $153. And so it was plus $615. And it was um, a guy under tackles and assists SGP'd with the alt over in the Bears game. So commanders drive down. They score a touchdown. And then they're going for two. And if they, if they get the two point, we win the bet. So the under, it was like under seven and a half tackles and the guy had two. Uh, and they're going for two. They don't get it. Okay, we got, you know, there's 10 minutes left. We just need a field goal at this point. We'll, we'll, it would have been nice to, to win it there, but we don't win it there. Six minutes left. Commanders are, sorry, the Bears are lining up for a, I think it was a 45-yard kick. Misses the kick. And it's like, oh boy, here we go again. As, as everyone here knows, we've had some tough luck on these Caesars plays. <laughs> oh boy, here we go again. The Bears get the ball back, and they're just trying to, you know, kind of milk the clock. Probably kneel it if it comes to it. Shout out to Mario Cristobal. But it's third and five, and they're just throwing a simple out route to DJ Moore. And the cornerback jumps the route. Moore catches it, sort of like looks up. It's like, oh, I got field. Sprints down. And part of the bad beat would have been that they called him out of bounds earlier in the game, and he wasn't out, and it cost him some points. But he sprints down and scores a touchdown with five minutes left to cash the over. Plus 6.15, it was the biggest financial hit of the week. And I think uh, one of the two best beats of the week. So that so that was the first one I'll do. The other one was the FanDuel MLB from Wednesday. We had Acuna to get a hit. He got the hit. Twins over one and a half runs. And Edward Julian to get... To record a run. And this was plus 265. And uh, first, so he's the leadoff hitter. First at bat, he gets a double. Somehow ends up, there's a double play on the next play. I, I didn't watch. I don't know how he got out. But he was at second, not first. It wasn't like a standard double play. 
So he got thrown out or, you know, something of that fact happened. Then, of course, the next guy up hits a home run. So he would have recorded his run. So he doesn't get it there. Whole game goes by. It's like, whatever, two to one uh, or three to one Astros. And he, leadoff hitter, I can't imagine his home run odds were very high just because, whatever, I've looked at him over the year. And in his last at bat, he hits a solo shot, records a run, that hits. That, that, I think, was the next best beat of the week. And they were both bets that would have been, could have been some of our worst beats of the week. But flipped them over, best beats of the week. So uh, those are the two I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going with today. Two good beats. Okay, I like that. I like the positivity. I've got, I mean, my one good beat is that I had the Broncos covering against the Chiefs last night and got the backdoor cover. And even with the field goal, had it at 11 and a half. You had it at 11 so and a half. So felt pretty good about good it. For you. Was, you, don't, you don't often get the backdoor cover, and you're, you do it by enough. You get the two-point conversion, which keeps me safe from the field goal. Right. So, yeah. Well, way to get a good number there. We had for the plus 600 MGM hit that I mentioned, we had Chiefs minus 10 and a half in it. So I, I was sweating that a little bit last night. But, you know, it was... Uh, it, it got pretty safe once the Chiefs were, you know, had driven down, but then it ended up being a long kick. So uh, I'm glad we both hit there. Uh, did you have a bad beat? My, Miami Moneyline? No, no Miami Moneyline? Um, I thought we agreed. No bad beats this week. Uh, all positivity here. Great. Well, uh, I think that's it for our show today. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Stay tuned to all of our stuff on all platforms. Episode 26. We'll be back next week. And I did want to give a heartfelt, sincere, you know, we are hoping and praying for everybody uh, in the Middle East situation and people that have family over there, um, myself included. Uh, but, on, but again, on, on both sides to, um, you know, end up okay here. Uh, and that's it. Sorry, I didn't mean to end up just on remote. It's just, uh, you know, hopefully I can say that. Uh, no, seconded, appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, sending love and peace to everyone. Alright, have a good one, buddy. Yep, right back at you.